The game is over. Your Bucks postgame show starts now. Welcome to Bucks Talk. Insight, analysis, and your chance to sound off on the game you just heard. Now to break it all down, here's your host, Justin Garcia. Well, not a whole lot of help tonight for the Bucks, who played once again without Damian Lillard, without Chris Middleton, and without Cameron Payne. And that last one would loom large because he had no true point guards available Second consecutive game that Pat Connaughton was forced to start at point guard. And look, against an offense, or excuse me, against a defense as good as this Minnesota Timberwolves, those are the types of areas that you just can't afford to run into. You didn't have anybody to really help organize and set the offense, and it just put a very, very heavy burden onto Giannis. It's a very good defensive team. We saw them give Giannis his share of challenges as well. But without any real consistent secondary scoring, the offense was just outmatched against this Timberwolves team tonight. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk as we take your reaction to what is now the third straight loss for the Bucks this season. The first time this year the Bucks have dropped three games in a row, and it comes on a night where the Cleveland Cavaliers win once again. So Cleveland now extends their lead over the Bucks and the Knicks in the Eastern Conference up to three games in the loss column separating these teams, two games in the overall standings with the Cavs at 34 and 16. Bucks and the Knicks have each played 52 games and they're both 33 and 19 and look, we've talked about this quite a bit already in these last couple of weeks, but you do have to look at not only the loss column and where the differences come there, but you have to start to take a look at the schedule for all of these teams going forward because Boston was idle tonight, but they're still four games up in the loss column on the Cavs and now seven games up on the Bucks and the Knicks in the loss column. That is a lot to make up in a span of 30 games for the Bucks and the Knicks. It does seem as though, and look, also factor in, as I mentioned, you're going to look at the schedule for all of these teams. Celtics have the second easiest schedule remaining in the league from this point forward. They went through a very, very difficult stretch of games already this season. Basically what the Bucks are going through now, the Celtics had that in early December. And they're 39-12. and 12. They've been relatively healthy. So have the Bucks up until this week, and that's really been some of the biggest differences here is a difficult schedule, and it's been compounded with injuries starting to pile up for this Bucks team. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. We're going to take a look at the updated strength of schedule for all of these teams and the path for teams like the Bucks, the Knicks, and the Cavaliers because it's still early. You still have 30 games left, but that number now, it's less than half of your remaining games. We do have to start to take a look at the path ahead for all of these teams and what could be waiting for the Bucks. We'll do that after this on Bucks Talk. Short-handed Bucks come up short tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 129 to 105. The um, the worst loss at home this season for the Bucks, 
And not the, the worst margin of defeat is that belongs to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, as we just mentioned in that last segment, have, have really started to come on fire of late. But uh, Cleveland now second place all by their lonesome in the Eastern Conference. And that's uh, one of the more interesting things to keep an eye on is the strength of schedule for all of these teams uh, that are left. And look, the Bucks still have a challenging path in front of them, but they've gone through some pretty difficult games of late. The good part of that is it has dropped your remaining schedule from the most challenging to seventh most challenging. So that's the good part, right? But it's it's still very fascinating when you look at what the Bucks have left. They still have two games left against the Eastern Conference leading uh, Boston Celtics, and then they have, uh, coming into tonight, they had seven games left against the four teams that were either tied for the lead or within a half game of the Western Conference. One of those has been played now against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but you still have six games left against the Timberwolves, Nuggets, um, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Los Angeles Clippers. So it's a very, very difficult stretch ahead for the Bucks. The the unfortunate part, as we talked about where this schedule is starting to set, and the standings for that matter, is that you're done with the Cavaliers. Now the, the good news is you don't lose the season series to the Cavs. You have split that season series, and you've won the season series with the Knicks with one game left in that stretch. Uh, so that's the positives on the heels of, all the uh, attention we paid to losing the season series to the Indiana Pacers. But the unfortunate part for the Bucks is you just got to find your way through this. And as Doc Rivers said before the game, and even after the game as well in his postgame comments, you know, every single team goes through these stretches in the league. It, it's, it's very rare for you to go unscathed through a regular season. You think about the elite teams, the most elite of elite that will have done that. You think about those Golden State Warriors, regular season only, that won 67 games close to 10 years ago already. But you think about those teams, the Bulls, the way the Bucks were playing in the COVID year as well, is at one point they were on pace for more than 70 wins. It's very rare to not have these stretches, not just no uh, stretches of three consecutive losses, which the Bucks now have with tonight their third consecutive defeat. Uh, but just the injuries as well. All of it has come at the same time for the Bucks, and, and you do get the sense the All-Star break cannot come soon enough with the injuries that this team was dealt with and just everything that's been on their plate for the last three weeks, basically. You go through a coaching change in midseason. You have the injuries that are starting to pile up now. You're learning a new coach, and you're learning – Different things in how Doc Rivers is installing these things in a different system that Doc Rivers is running here. The start of the season with Damian Lillard learning new teammates, and same for Malik Beasley, and vice versa with his teammates learning each of those players. It's been a challenging season so far for the Bucks, and the tough part is now we're seeing two teams really start to catch fire in the Eastern Conference, either moving past or in line with the Bucks in the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. That is important for a reason we'll get to in just a moment. But time now to hear from you, 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Uh, let's head to those phone lines and uh, start things with Will I am. You kick things off tonight. What's going on, Will? Hey, Justin. Hey, I do apologize for not being able to call in the last few episodes. Extremely busy, but I do want to voice a couple opinions 
hey, man, it's just one of those games. I look at it, you know, a lot of stuff going on, like you just mentioned, new coaches, trades, big stuff, big moves coming in. And, you know, I was expecting one more additional piece to come. I think it's still going to come hopefully in the next few weeks to the team. But overall, you know, I enjoy that we got Patrick Beverly. Uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, horse runs is magic. But for tonight, I got two critiques. And, you know, obviously I'm not holding this on the starters since none of them played. But I was going to ask you this. When I was in the arena tonight, it seemed a little uh, mellow, a little too not game-like, very quiet. And from what I remember, usually teams that, you know, survive the trade block, those players were to come out with a big punch. And I thought that was going to happen tonight from our vets, from Bobby, from Pat, and whatnot. And it did for the first two-ish quarters. And then my critique part is, did Doc Rivers not care that Malik Beasley was like one for 11, one for 10? And, you know, I just want the team to put more effort. I love what I'm seeing you know, us trying to rally back. I love that we don't quit. But, you know, as a team, you know, like you said, six, seven games is a very hard stretch to make up. And we just better come come looking to fight every night. Yeah, uh, thanks for the call, Will. It's, it's a very, very tough stretch that they're in right now. And, you know, as we mentioned, it doesn't get easier just because you return home. Where you got the Timberwolves tonight, you got the Nuggets on Monday, you got the Heat on Tuesday, and look, even after the All Star break, your first game out of the break is against these Minnesota Timberwolves on the road. So this is a very, very difficult stretch that the Bucks have in front of them, and for a span of what two, three weeks, it's start to finish. It isn't just hey, they got a handful of these games that are challenging. It's one after another. And as, as Doc Rivers said, you know, these things, you'll find some things during these stretches. You'll find things that work. You'll find things that maybe you wouldn't have been looking for. I don't know if I'd, I'd use the verbiage of stumble into them, but things just have a way of, of working themselves out. And that's one of the benefits of going through these types of stretches is you find things you wouldn't have otherwise done. But you just got to get healthy, as we were kind of talking about at the end of the broadcast, too. You just got to get guys on the floor because you're installing some new things, especially with Patrick Beverly. I'm not going to say that he's a coach on the floor, but he's a guy that's played for Doc Rivers. You heard about Doc Rivers. You heard how he spoke about Patrick Beverly um, after the game and what he brings. But look, Doc Rivers, from the moment he arrived, talked about this defense. And that I've seen some things watching the Bucks when I was a game analyst for ABC prior to taking this job, and now up close and, and basically getting a chance to look under the hood, what I've noticed is everything that I was noticing from the sidelines, it, it seems to be what's happening. So that, in one sense, has been easier for me to say, okay, here's the things we're going to address. But defense, you've heard him address day in, day out, of look, these things have to improve. And we've heard in the last couple of games, and the numbers back this up as well, they have started to improve those uh, up until tonight's game. I haven't seen what the most recent update is. But up until tonight's game, this team, since they made the coaching change, had the 10th best defense in the league, right? That went from 22nd, I believe it was, 
in all those games played prior to January 24th when Joe Prunty coached the first of his three games as the interim coach, uh, they were 22nd in defense. They moved up to 18th by way of what they've done in these last two-plus weeks. just goes to show you the size of the hole the Bucks dug with that defense. We have seen some improvement from that defensive side of the floor, but you got to have consistent reps, and you have to get those rotations and minutes together with guys you're going to lean on in the postseason for these things, whether it's switching, whether it's more zone defense, all the different looks, and trapping, and the way that the Bucks pulled that off masterfully against the Dallas Mavericks over the weekend, you just need minutes together to pull that off, and especially with a guy like Patrick Beverly, who, again, Doc Rivers said, is very vocal. He is a very high IQ player. He brings that edge and that tenacity that, that uh, Doc Rivers and certainly a lot of Bucks fans have been looking for on the perimeter. These are all things that the Bucks addressed with this move to pick up uh, Patrick Beverly. We don't know if Patrick Beverly is going to be available for tomorrow's game. Doc said uh, he had kind of joked that he's on his way. So knowing Patrick Beverly as he does, he takes that to mean Patrick Beverly by this point is already in Milwaukee and uh, ready to become a member of the Bucks. But we don't know if it'll be tomorrow night that Patrick Beverly makes his debut or if it's going to be Monday against the uh, Denver Nuggets as uh, Patrick Beverly was uh, was talking with Malik Beasley earlier today about the trade and uh, seemed to hint Monday would be his Bucks debut, but uh, we'll wait and see as, as we'll uh, eagerly check out the injury report for tomorrow's game, not only for the status and potential debut of Patrick Beverly, but most importantly, the status of Damian Lillard, because I, I think it's a, a safe assumption to say we probably won't see Chris Middleton until the second half of the season or post-All-Star break. But uh, Damian Lillard, as we heard from Doc Rivers after that Suns game, before the Suns game, if that was a playoff game, he felt that uh, Dame would have played. We didn't see him tonight. You do wonder if that was just with a back-to-back looming, as uh, Doc Rivers even said. You know, I, I debated, do we just sit Giannis and Brooke, too, and, and basically just play for tomorrow? They opted not to, and as Doc said, I, I had a contingency plan in place of if this wasn't close, we were going to pull the plug, and that's exactly what you saw in the fourth quarter. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Let's uh, take one more call before the break. James, on the south side, you're up next. Yes. Um, do you feel that, okay, we're, we're seeing changes with Doc Rivers here. Do you feel that maybe we should have got Doc Rivers after the All-Star uh, game instead of uh, what, now that uh, there, we would have uh, then probably maybe uh, given us a better him a better cushion to uh, land on instead of this mess that he's in right now with uh, losing these games against these uh, power teams and stuff like that and and everything else and more of a focus on him. How do you feel about that? Um, thanks for the call, James. I've seen a few people mention this of well, maybe you should have just had Doc Rivers start after the game because now it's a, a what one in five start for Doc Rivers. Um, have him start after the All-Star game. No, I don't think so because, look, as Doc has, has, has pointed out and joked about, this is a challenge, right, for any coach, not just Doc Rivers, for any coach to take over midseason and do so for a team that still has a window open to win a championship and those are their expectations, it is a challenge and you need time 
so I no, I would not have put it off any longer than the Bucks did. It, it was important to get Doc Rivers out there and to start to install some of this stuff and get those minutes and reps and rotations together to work on all of that. You know, we've, we've talked specifically about the defense, but the offense as well. And to me, that's the big thing about the, these six games is I mentioned those numbers about the defense and how better the defense has been by the numbers, by the eye test, all of it. Doc Rivers has said so as well of, you know, I can see us getting there. I, I see things that we're doing much better and I think we're going to get there. I like what I'm seeing. The offense is the area where you've taken a step back. But, again, I think there's a couple of things that go into that. The biggest one is, as Doc has pointed out a couple of times already, you can see the way that they are playing defensively. He wants that intensity, and they're playing at a different level defensively. That can take some out of you, and I think that's been a big issue for the Bucks is that defensive intensity and, and how much of the gas tank that's emptied on the offensive end. But also, you're playing a lot of these games shorthanded. That you had three games on the road trip without Brooke Lopez. One of those was no Brooke Lopez, no Damian Lillard, and essentially uh, no Chris Middleton. And now tonight, no Damian Lillard and no Chris Middleton. So the offense has also been stalled because of those injuries. When you think about the things that Doc has hinted at that he really wants to address, that two-man game with Giannis and Damian Lillard, how they attack in transition, as he even mentioned something about that today. Of, you know, I think it's important that we have the ball in Damian Lillard's hands more. Not that that means we're taking it out of Giannis's hands, but I want Damian Lillard to be starting the fast break. I think Giannis is even more deadly in transition without the ball, where you, you don't have that option to really set your defense on him and set up for him that he's the secondary guy, and and Damian Lillard is the one pushing things. So there's all these things defensively that we've started to see, and we've seen those changes from Doc. But offense is where you're waiting now, and that's going to require health. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. We mentioned the trade for Patrick Beverly, and, um, you know, look, Will I.M. kind of mentioned this as well, but a few others have brought this up. Was it enough when you look at everything done in the East and what we spent the first couple of minutes of the show talking about, what we've seen from the Knicks, who are also active today at the trade deadline, and what we've seen from the Cavs, who win again tonight? Did the Bucks put themselves in the best position for the rest of this season with only acquiring Patrick Beverly? We'll get into that. And that Robin Lopez move, what that means for the Bucks as well. We'll get into those after this on Bucks Talk. The trade deadline passed earlier today. The Bucks did make a pair of moves. They did bring in one player and sent out two players. Uh, we'll get to all of that. Uh, and, again, they lose tonight to the Timberwolves, 129-104. to In a game the Bucks played without Chris Middleton and without Damian Lillard, um, sounds as though there's a chance. 105, by the way, 129-105. to Sounds there's a chance we could see... Uh, Uh, Damian Lillard tomorrow. He was listed as questionable on the injury report today. Chris Middleton was ruled out immediately. And uh, as the reports had come out, he left the arena in Phoenix in a walking boot and on crutches after that rolled ankle, what, seven minutes into the game against the Sun. So, look, reading between the lines there, it does seem as though we probably won't see Chris until post-All-Star break. 
But I would imagine we'll see Damian Lillard, if not tomorrow, Monday, against the Denver Nuggets. And if not tomorrow, Monday, against the Denver Nuggets, for the other point guard that will now be on the roster as well, that is Patrick Beverly, who the Bucks acquired earlier today from the Philadelphia 76ers in exchange for Cameron Payne and a 2027 second-round draft pick. On the surface, it's a very interesting trade when you think about the Bucks and the Sixers making a trade with each other, two teams that are still pushing towards the playoffs. And, yes, the Sixers are playing without Joel Embiid for at least the next month, but Philadelphia is still going to be a playoff team, and they made other moves today. They cleared more salary shipping out Daniel House. They brought in Buddy Heald. And so Philadelphia basically tried to thread the needle today of how do we remain competitive and where we are in the East, but also continue to free up some more money in the offseason. And that's exactly what they did. So they ship out Patrick Beverly. They take Cameron Payne, although you can't help but wonder. Uh, Kyle Lowry, speaking of the Charlotte Hornets, who the Bucks will play tomorrow, Kyle Lowry is currently a member of the Charlotte Hornets. But that's a team that made other moves today as well. As the Hornets traded P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward earlier today. Washington to the Mavericks, Gordon Hayward to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, you do wonder if Kyle Lowry's days in Charlotte are numbered, and will he be on the buyout market? There have been rumblings. The Philadelphia native Kyle Lowry, if he is bought out, that he very likely could end up in Philadelphia with the 76ers, which would lend some credence to Philly, uh, trading away Patrick Beverly. The, the last thing I'll point out about the buy-out buy market, because we heard from Will I Am earlier tonight who, who said, I hope the Bucks aren't done with their moves that they are currently making. They can still do some things, but it, it is going to be challenging because it is much different than it was in years past. Number one, you do have to level set expectations with anybody you are getting on the buyout market because, first and foremost, you're still buying the player out for a reason. It is very rare that you see instant impact from players that are on the buyout market. You're usually on the downside of your career, and that's typically the reason for the buyout. Now, we've seen other players where that hasn't been the case, where you've given that impact. Uh, Kevin Love was one of those players. The Bucks experienced that on the other end of it last year in the first round of the playoffs. The Bucks had it to their advantage as well. Marvin Williams was one of the better buyout acquisitions in recent memory, and the Bucks did that uh, the COVID year where they resumed play in the bubble. Marvin Williams, very, very impactful for the Bucks, But it's still uncommon that you can't just say, we'll find something at the buyout market. It's easier said than done. And the other part that's going to make it even more challenging for the Bucks, I mentioned this at the top, you can't, if you're in the second apron, which the Bucks are, which the Boston Celtics are, those teams with the highest payrolls, you can't sign a buyout player that's making more, as much or more, than the mid-level exception if you are in the second apron. So in other words, $12 million or more for the salary, if the player was making that much prior to his buyout, the Bucks can't sign them. And that is going to be a big deal of those players on the buyout market. Kyle Lowry is one of those names. He is making more than that. Uh, so that's going to add even more challenge to the Bucks potentially making any other moves. 
I do think they're essentially done. And we mentioned the other trade was that Robin Lopez trade. They sent Robin Lopez and Cash to the Sacramento Kings. They did receive draft rights to a player uh, in this trade. But for all intents and purposes, that trade was done to free up some of the luxury tax bill for the Bucks in this one. Um, it, it will save them, I believe, about $8 million in luxury tax payments, which, again, when you have a salary or excuse when you have a total team salary that's moving out to the level that it is for the Bucks, and, oh, by the way, you're still paying three head coaches now. Every dollar in that luxury tax counts. So it does seem as though the Bucks are, are likely going to go forward with 14 players versus 15 for the remainder of the season. But if something does open up and if somebody is, is making less than that mid-level exception, the Bucks will have a roster spot to utilize for the buyout market. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Let's head back to the phone lines and talk with Bob. You're up next. Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. I really enjoy your knowledge of what's going on in the NBA because it's rather difficult to follow at times, isn't it? It gets, it gets sort of hectic. But uh, I, I think their, their trading situation is going to be, be uh, really, really, really tough. What a, a mess that game was tonight, huh? Uh, embarrassing, but there's a lot of reasons for, for, that, for that mess. That big guy can't, can't carry them night after night and so forth. But I'm a little concerned about that, that uh, Pat Beverly trade, you know, getting another six-foot-two guard, even though he's got a lot of spirit, uh, doesn't score very much, does he? He does not. Uh, you're not bringing Patrick Beverly for his offense. You're bringing him for his defense. As, as Doc said, he's a high IQ defensive player. He is smaller. Um, he is six foot one, so he, he's even smaller than Campaign. But I know, I know he, he has. But I'll say this, Bob. He has more wingspan, and we've seen him defend up. Now, not that he's going to take on you know, power forwards or taller wings, but he does have the ability to defend bigger guards. And, and, and excuse me, but maybe with Crowder starting to look a little bit better offensively, that might take up some of that slack, also, don't you think? I, I do. Stronger out there. Yeah, I do. I do. And, and, and you know, the biggest thing is just that they got to get healthy. That you know, the bench, especially right. your bench. The intention is not for your bench to be one of the higher scoring bench units in the league. That when you got Giannis and you got Dame and you got Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Malik Beasley, you're getting more than enough scoring from your starters. You need defense from the bench, and that's what Patrick Beverly's going to give you. You should be. I, I, I'm a little disappointed in Beasley. I, he just doesn't seem to do that much out there. He pops a three-pointer now and then, but he doesn't seem to be really involved in the game. But I'm, I guess I'm wrong on that, and uh, maybe this Beverly will spark him up a little bit also. That, that, that could be a good addition to the locker room, right? You know what I mean? He, look, he's he's drawn a lot of could this be a PJ Tucker type of discussion for Bucks fans. Thanks, yeah. thanks for the call, Bob. And um, there's some similarities there. I mean, even down to the age of PJ Tucker was uh, 35 years old, I believe, when the Bucks acquired him at um, just around the trade deadline in, in the year that they ultimately won the NBA championship, Patrick Beverly is currently 35 years old. So they're both at advanced states in their career, but Patrick Beverly has been in a lot of big moments in the postseason. He knows exactly what Doc Rivers is looking for. He has played for Doc Rivers. He has played in this system. I mentioned the big moments he has played in, and as, as Doc even quipped, 
after the game, and it, I think it, it goes to show you the relationship that he has with um, with Patrick Beverly is that, you know, I've coached him before, very, very high IQ player, especially on the defensive end, um, even offensively with his movement and his ability to set picks, he's a better team offensive player maybe than an individual scorer. He's an instigator, which can be good and bad. You think about the pairing of he and Bobby Portis on the floor together, certainly have a chance to get under the skin of opponents. But he's vocal, as as Doc said. It's it's not trash talk per se. There is some of that. But you know, we've heard Doc Rivers call this out a couple of times, and I think it's it's no coincidence you bring in a guy that is vocal and that knows Doc's system is that we don't have a lot of talkers on this defense. And, and, you know, these guys have played together. They know what they're doing. They know what the coverages are. But for some of the newer guys especially, and when we're learning these things together, you need those things called out. Jay Crowder will do it occasionally. Brooke will do it. Uh, but we don't have a lot of that talking, and that's what Patrick Beverly is going to bring to this team. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. The Bucks acquire Patrick Beverly. They do lose to the Timberwolves earlier today. Short-handed Bucks team. But uh, the acquisition of Patrick Beverly. So we give you the details of that move and the rest of the moves the Bucks made today. What about the rest of the East? We'll get into that next on Bucks Talk. One twenty-nine to one hundred five. The final here inside of Fiserv Forum. Timberwolves give the Bucks their third straight loss for the first time this season. And look, some of these games, as we mentioned, that loss to the Utah Jazz. It's easy to react to that and say, "Man, that's a loss that can't happen." There was a lot that went into it, and Doc even mentioned this as well in his post-game of the challenge that this team has gone through. When you think about the games that they've had um, in this stretch of time, you know, I, I would have hoped for a couple of more wins, but that's about it. If if, if I knew we were going to have these injuries, there's not much you can do about it. Doc told us after the game, you'd love to be healthy so you can you can um, you can win. But something good comes out of this stuff, and he's mentioned that a couple of times. Sometimes you got to go through that stuff. Um, to get to where we're going to now. And, you know, more often than not, you'll discover something in these stretches where you're playing very, very shorthanded. You can lean on some things down the road of we had to get by doing this and playing different ways. So there can be some good that comes out of this. But I, I think you look back now with this stretch of schedule that the Bucks have had, it's especially tough to lose that game in Utah when you led for most of that game. You had a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter, and the offense just could not find itself. Part of that was dead legs and a tired team that, again, changed time zones, was playing on night two of a back-to-back, didn't arrive at the hotel until just after 2 a.m. on game day. So there was a lot that went into it. But that's one that it, it hurts even more losing that with this stretch the Bucks have in front of them. The other one was uh, obviously that game in Portland against the Trailblazers where you know we knew there was going to be a lot going into that game for Damian Lillard. It was going to be an emotional game. That's what we saw. But you didn't see the response from the rest of the team that you were looking for. And in these types of stretches, that stuff can add up where you just don't have a very, very wide margin for error. 
And that's what we've seen now. So I, I, I think in, in going along those lines, you look at tomorrow's game and you look at that game in Memphis, your final game before the first half of the schedule comes to a close. Those are two very important games for the same reasons we just talked about with that Jazz game and um, and with that game in Portland against the Trailblazers. They're very important games to uh, to get because of what's sandwiched around them. The Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat on another back-to-back. The Minnesota Timberwolves on the road in Minneapolis. That is your first game out of the All-Star break. That is going to be a challenge for uh, this Bucks team. And uh, then on the road against the 76ers, your very next game after that, which we know there won't be Joel Embiid in that game. But still, those are some challenges. The good news is you wrap up February with a pair of games against the Charlotte Hornets, which are two more games you're going to schedule. From here on out, those are going to be the important games. You, you want to see something, and you need to see something in these big games. And, and something, by that I mean continued growth defensively. And more of those things we were talking about, the two-man game with Giannis and Damian Lillard, really unlocking Damian Lillard a lot more as a feature scorer you need to see those types of things offensively in these games. But most importantly, at this point in the schedule with 30 games left and in a dogfight for your seeding in the playoffs now, you just have to win your winnable games. And those ones that you would look at from afar and say the Bucks should win this game, you got to take care of business in those games. And the first of them is tomorrow against the Charlotte Hornets. 855-616-1620, the number to join us on Bucks Talk, we'll, Clay, we'll take a closer look at that Charlotte Hornets team. What to expect in tomorrow's game? Again, a Hornets team that was active today at the trade deadline, sending away Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington. They did get back Grant Williams, who we did see earlier in the week the Bucks linked to in a potential deal, but uh, Grant Williams instead heads to the Charlotte Hornets, just as we mentioned with Patrick Beverly. TBD on what Grant Williams' status is for tomorrow's game. So this could be a very shorthanded Charlotte Hornets team that has been dealing with their share of challenges this season. We'll preview that matchup and wrap things up after this on Bucks Talk. 24-point loss tonight for the Bucks. The shorthanded Bucks. We do have to point that out. Again, no Damian Lillard. And that's one of the more interesting things about this team. I suppose not interesting, but stand out is the Bucks are now 0-5 in games where Damian Lillard does not play. So as, as good as Giannis has been, and those numbers that we pointed to, Giannis's efficiency, his scoring, shooting above 60% from the field, all of these things are notable and stand out. But it does back up just how important Damian Lillard has been to Giannis this season. In a year where maybe Damian Lillard is not having the offensive individual type of performances that we've seen from him in the past. Part of that, again, is Damian Lillard adjusting to playing alongside another superstar. And, again, that's why you just need to see more of a runway with Dame on the floor and everybody on the floor under Doc Rivers. We've seen it now for, what, four games, basically, uh, with this group. And you, you just need more of a sample size of that because Doc Rivers from day one had been adamant, you know, I look at Damian Lillard and I see a guy that he's he's been fitting in with this Bucks team. But you're Damian Lillard, 
We don't need you to fit in. We need you to be Damian Lillard, and we, we'll figure out a way to fit in around you. So that, to me, is one of the more interesting things to keep an eye on down the stretch this season is how Doc Rivers can really maximize and get the most out of Damian Lillard this season. You feel like that is going to be uh, imperative for this group. And look, Dame has 14 games this season where he has scored 30 or more points. We mentioned the Bucks are 0-5 in games that Damian Lillard has not played in. Well, they're 13-1 and in those 14 games where Damian Lillard has scored 30 or more points. And if you take it a step further, in games where Damian Lillard scores more than 25 points, so 26 or more points, the Bucks are 20-2. and two. So maybe 26 is really that magic number to get to for Damian Lillard. But again, you got to see him on the floor to get to that point. Maybe that's tomorrow. As we did not see Dame tonight, there's a chance we could see him tomorrow. As I said, if it's not tomorrow, it does seem like it's going to be at least Monday that Damian Lillard would be back on the floor for the Bucks. And speaking of, if not tomorrow, then Monday, same can be said for the newest member of the Bucks, Patrick Beverly, who they acquired earlier today in a trade with the Philadelphia 76ers. So the two trades the Bucks make today, Cameron Payne and a 2027 second round pick to the Sixers for Patrick Beverly and Robin Lopez in cash to the Sacramento Kings in a deal that opens up a roster spot and to shed some tax money for the Bucks as well. Charlotte Hornets in town tomorrow. They will enter on a nine game losing streak. And at 10-40 and 40 on the season, they made a couple of moves as well. No more Gordon Hayward, no more P.J. Washington, so two big pieces out for the Hornets. 7 o'clock tip tomorrow at Fiserv Forum. 6.30 is when our pregame coverage begins. And as always, be sure to stick around after the game for Bucks Talk.